0: But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look, uh, look for fruit on it, but could not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any, cut it down Why should it use up soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This parable uh, actually follows a statement. Uh, of some tragedies taking place. Each time Jesus uh, responded with this key phrase, repent or you too will perish. Twice, in verse 3 and verse 5. Repent or you too will perish. Um, It it, it seems as though when Jesus is speaking to them, he's saying, hey, unless you repent, uh, you're going to be the tragedy, you're going to face some serious tragedy. And that tragedy is not death, but that tragedy is facing God in his condemning judgment. That's that's true tragedy. So this morning, as as we open this up and kind of walk through this parable, I I just thought of this statement, and I believe this is true. You don't want to be, or you don't want to face God's judgment thinking that you're safe when you're not. You, you, you don't want to be unprepared when it comes to that time of facing God and his judgment at the end of all things. What, you want to be ready and prepared, right? So, so this morning, I, I, again, I don't want to be uninformed. I don't want us to be uninformed. And, and through Jesus and this parable, I want us to learn some things. I don't want us to be ignorant. So let's begin here. Number one, that we must be careful where you place your confidence. You got to be careful where you're playing, placing your confidence and thinking, "Oh, I I am ready and prepared to stand before God in that judgment." Where where are people placing their confidence today? One place definitely that's not not in this passage but was earlier said was the Jews. The Jews were placing their confidence in the fact confidence in the fact that, "Hey, we are the chosen people," right? That was the attitude, that was the thought. This is God's chosen nation right uh in in luke chapter 3 i i I find this uh uh very much aligned with what we just read in this parable but listen listen to what he says luke 3 beginning verse verse 7 this is when john was addressing john the baptist was was addressing the jews Uh, He's preparing the way for Jesus. In this, in verse 7, he says, Jesus said to the crowds, coming out to be baptized by him. Sounds like a great opportunity, right? Hey, they're coming, they're responding, they're coming out to be baptized by him. But then he says, you brood of vipers. You know, it just kind of takes them back on it. Here's why, why in the world would John be so harsh? (laughs) People who are coming to be baptized, uh, I, I will say that the Jews are, are are people of rituals, and and matter of fact, we even look into the Old Testament and see where, oh, you're sacrificed. Man, they were doing all these sacrifices, but their hearts weren't connected. That's, that's the Jews. And so here, here they are, they're coming to be baptized, another ritual being called to repentance, and they're responding. But but here's what he says, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Verse 8 says, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God could raise up children from Abraham. It's not just this expectation, okay, you belong to Abraham, then you're my people. There is always this within the covenant you need to be obedient. There needs to be, and here John is saying, hey, there needs to be fruit that goes along with your repentance. And I think, man, that's the message we're going to be listening to today. Here's the final verse I want to read for you. And this really does align with the parable we just read. Here's what it says. The axe is already at the root of the trees, meaning it's gonna be that, I mean it's gonna be cut down. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So so just being a Jew or a child of God did not make it, oh, you're gonna be welcomed in. You're gonna miss out on this condemning judgment. No, it wasn't that case at all. It wasn't that case at all? So, so even if we're thinking, hey, I was born into a religious family. Mom and dad loved Jesus. You know, I'm learning to love Jesus. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, that's just my identity. That doesn't make it all perfect and, and ready for, for eternity. Uh, we also think about that message of my works. Well, look at all that I've done. Look at all, that you, when, when you stand before God, is that your plan? Say, but God, along with, with life, I just want us to go through the list of good things that I've done in my life so that I could enter into eternity. We know that's not true. We've gone through that time and time, uh, time, and time before. That it's not through our works and our deeds. We're not going to reveal some kind of a list. And then God will say, well, oh, that is impressive. Welcome on in. We know that's not the, the means by uh, where we place our confidence. Matter of fact, we even think about in Matthew seven twenty two, when when Jesus was speaking about you know, the door that was open or shut. There's those knocking on the door when it's closed to them. And, and they, they respond and say, hey, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. Uh, we've done wonders in your name. And Jesus' final response was this. I never knew you. I never knew you. They, so so when, when it comes to this, you know, what, what is it that, that the, the people in, in uh, this passage today, what are they thinking? Uh, they might have been amongst the people who are thinking, "Well, yeah, we're children of Abraham and things like that." But as a result of what Jesus is saying, they came up with maybe some other reasons where they're placing their confidence. They they are placing their confidence in circumstances and in in comparison, circumstances and comparison. Um, here here it is. Here's the two stories that that uh, uh, was bro- one one story was brought to Jesus, and the other one is a response from Jesus. The first story is, hey, there's some Galileans who were uh, attacked, were, were killed, and their blood was mingled with their sacrifices. We're unsure exactly what that means, but the, the attack might have been while they were sacrificing and their blood was mingled. It is a tragedy that takes place. That's the point. There's a tragedy that takes place. Jesus then uh, shares another story. Hey, there's a tower that fell in Siloam near, near Jerusalem, and, and 18 people died. And, and so what are they thinking? They're thinking, about, um, they're thinking about the circumstances of the situation. You know, hey, tragedy has struck. People have died, and they're seeing that as part of God's judgment, condemning judgment. So the question, the question that, that Jesus asked, is this what you're thinking? And, and to believe this, Jesus knows what they're thinking. So if we even make this into a statement, in verse 2, it says, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because, because of the tragedy they faced? Is that what you're thinking? Sometimes we do believe that, don't we? We, we come to think, well, I wonder what terrible sin they've done because they've got cancer. Or I wonder what 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 evil is working in their lives because of the the accident they were involved in. But God does not work that way. Matter of fact, each time Jesus responded in verse three, he says, "I tell you, no, they're not worse sinners than you. Uh, you know what the the great condemnation on everybody's head is death. Now, each one here this this morning, uh, we're going to go." one way or another we I I mean our hope is we die of old age am I right a lot of us just hope to die of old age but but the truth is there is going to be tragedy there's going to be sickness that cannot be cured and and death in that or 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 whatever else Uh, or it's you know death at a a late age so are those who die uh, of old age are they favored by God It's kind of their thinking. Anybody who faces tragedy, oh man, it's the judgment of God. They must have been worse sinners than us. There's that comparison thing. Those who are worse sinners. There's a lot of people worse than we are. There's people who are not in church today. There are people out on the golf course today. People preparing for football today, watching. They are the worst of sinners. They're not like us. Here we are. We're righteous and holy, and no, no. In a way, that's kind of the thinking of these folks here. He's bringing up the statement, "Hey, look at this tragedy," and that idea of what terrible sinners they must have been. And Jesus says, "No, that's not the way it is." And then he, listen, as as if we ever thought that way, we need to hear what Jesus said. No, but unless you repent, unless our thinking was like that, unless you repent you're going to face that same tragedy, or you're going to perish as well. You see, Jesus, Jesus was thinking and, and clear in his answer uh, to them. It, it is not. The great tragedy is just death itself. Uh, the tragedy is death itself, which is the curse upon us for sins, your sins, all our humanity's sins, our sins. We deserve death. That's, and and the, really, the, you know what the great, greatest tragedy is? is? Is to end this life and then to have to stand before God in, in his judgment and not be ready, not be prepared. What does it mean to be ready or prepared? In the parable, I think it, it reveals this, um, that what he's looking for is fruit. God expects to see Fruit. I you know I think what's he looking for? He said, "Well, okay. What he's looking for is, did you receive Jesus? And there's absolute truth in that. Absolutely, absolutely, we know what our we know what the salvation plan is. Our salvation message is it is about Jesus, what He's done for us. Correct." Isn't that right? That that you believe on Jesus, that you receive him. You repent of your sinfulness because his blood covers us. And and that's where we receive forgiveness. We also encourage that baptism that represents his death and resurrection. And then, oh boy, you know, we we go through those those actions and and actively believing in him and trusting him and repenting. Then, Then he's ours. But in this parable, it says it's your fruit. It's your fruit. What fruit? What fruit? It, it, is, it is exactly what, what should be taken a part of it. anybody's life who receives, receives Jesus into their life. Who comes to that repentance. Who comes to asking for forgiveness for their sinfulness. And then that cleansing of Jesus. There is fruit that needs to be produced through Jesus Christ. In in receiving Christ, there is that promise of his Holy Spirit. How is it that anybody who could receive Christ and go unchanged? How is it that any of us could say, I'm going to receive Jesus and then go unchanged? I I think that's the problem. Now, I, I do want to say he's speaking to the Jews even in the Old Testament, I believe that God expected fruit from his people. And maybe that uh, fruitless Israel, right? One of their greatest problems is they did not obey. They didn't listen to him. They, they did everything kind of contrary. There was no fruit being produced even from the Jews. So Jesus is speaking to, to the Jews but I believe this message is also for us who have found our salvation in Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, why why should they produce fruit? Because God has, man, God rescued them out of slavery, out of Egypt. God made wonderful promises to them to make them into a great nation. They saw that and realized that in in the scriptures. I mean, look at the kingdom of, of David and Solomon, wow. They should have been appreciative. They should have been producing fruit. And that fruit should have been, you know, identified in their loving God, in obedience. And and, man, that worship would have been special, right? And today, what is our message? Our message is, look what God has done for us. Today, we're identified as his people because we receive Jesus as his Savior. And guess what ought to be produced out of us? An appreciation, a sense of obedience to God, to listening to his scriptures, adhering it to our lives. It's not just about knowing Jesus, it's about living for Jesus. It's not about just, just knowing him and knowing the facts and details about Jesus. It is about following after Jesus. Are, are you with me on this? That means in this life, well, where do we follow? How do we follow Jesus? Know his word. Apply it to my heart, to my life. And, and matter of fact, I think, I think Paul gives the greatest answer for, for identifying those who are producing fruit. It's there in Galatians chapter 5 where he talks about, hey, hey, no longer walk according to the flesh. Right? Here's the transformation. That's, that's who we are. We don't walk by the ways of the world anymore. You know, things of sexual immorality and hatred and jealousy and discord, things like that, it lists within that passage. But he says, you need to be producing this fruit. What is that fruit? Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's there's no law against those things. That's the kind of life that that represents what Jesus said about his, his followers. You're going to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You're going to look like Jesus in this world. And it's according to man that transformation that's, that's taking place through what Christ has done for us and the Holy Spirit that's indwelling us. Transformed lives. That fruit producing, that, that's not just, oh, great and glorious. These gifts are wonderful, but they have that, that opportunity and, and the great uh, outreach to our community around us. That love, when when we're living the kind of life that God has called us to in Christ, that we're going to be drawing people to Him. We're going to be drawing people to Jesus. Part of our love is being able to speak that gospel message and telling others about the mercy and grace He has for us and about what a holy God we have. How can we talk about a holy God and we ourselves are not living holy? We can't. An unholy holy life is fruitless. A holy life is full of the fruit, fruit of the Spirit, and that evidence that Jesus is living in me. All right? Number three. Now, I think in this parable, something that we don't want to miss is that the, the fruitless are given time to change. The fruitless. Those who are fruitless, those who are, uh, you know, who have not received Christ yet, but those who are even sitting in the pews. So those who are attending church on Sunday morning, who continue to be unfruitful, he is giving time, and I actually put limited time to change. Did you catch that in verses eight and nine? In verse eight, he says, Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. We know that as, as, as that mercy and that patience of God, correct? Isn't that the mercy and patience of God? He, he said it in, uh, in, in the scriptures. That he said he is not quick to judgment because he wants to give everyone time for repentance. We have time, we have limited time time to respond to what god has done for us through jesus christ and he's not just sitting off waiting what it sounds like he's actively working in order for us to come to repentance who knows this morning someone here might need to hear this message and so there's some digging going on around those roots of yours you know, loosening the dirt. And maybe, maybe some of that fertilizer of Scripture is being laid out there to, to, to work upon you. The Holy Spirit is given to us. Matter of fact, Peter in 2 Peter uh, said that God has given us everything for, for life and godliness, He's given us everything. He sent His Son to die for us to provide that perfect salvation. He sends his spirit to guide us, to lead us, to live a kind of life that's going to be honoring of him. Are we going to be perfect? No, but we're going to be moving towards perfection. We're not talking about living perfectly all the time. We're talking about moving to perfection, adding things to our lives. And it doesn't help if we sit around and do nothing about it. We get acquainted with his word. We become active in prayer. We get connected with his church. All those things God provides for us to to then have that ability, that possibility of growing the kind of fruit that represents the God who sent Jesus to die on your behalf. See, there's going to be a day where there's judgment and and we stand and say, well, hey, I received Jesus and, and I did some things, but there's going to be fruit that he's looking for. And we have time. The message is we have time to do that in this, in this parable. The final message in that is, is now is the time to repent. Now is the time to repent and to live fruitful lives. We have that right now. Uh, I, I, man, there, there's a, 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 one of the tragedies I think that happens in life, and I, I know there's a period in my life I kept on thinking, oh, I've got time. I think I was a teenager. I've got time. I've got plenty of time. I've got my full life ahead of me. I've got plenty of time. I remember thinking that. My sisters were, you know, thinking they were evangelizing me and and, and everything else. But I, man, I was a teenager. I was enjoying life and I didn't have to be real serious about it. And some of us, we had the habit of thinking, well, someday I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of that sinfulness. Someday, you know, right now it's it's my time. I'll, I'll 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 get things right later on. That's that's how you end up tragically standing before God uh, when you had every opportunity to get right with Christ. Uh, today is the day to repent. Today is the day to begin living that fruitful life. That, that means pursuing. Uh, you know, Colossians. No, it is. Excuse me, the Philippians. That that basically said, you know, uh oh, good grief, when you say it and then it it escapes your mind, it was it was basically to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That that doesn't sound like that grace and mercy we talk about at all. How easy it is to receive that salvation. And then Paul comes along and tells these believers, work out your salvation. Where where is that come from? Man, the, the truth is, we've been freely given that grace in Jesus Christ. But there's a call to responsibility to living what you've been given. He calls us to holiness. That's a far reach for all of us. It? It's and It's definitely a far reach for me. But man, moving towards it, uh, applying that, uh, that kind of life to your own. I, I think it's very valuable that Jesus says in each place, he tells them, Twice repent or you will perish. Uh, let me go to that. Verse three: uh, Repent or you too will all perish." That, that was a threat. Matter of fact, I, I tell you, fruit produ- producing begins with repentance. Nobody likes repentance. No That's that un- uncomfortable place of having to admit that I'm sinful and that, that I'm, not, I'm not good enough. Uh, for God, which is just a truth. It's just, I'm never going to live the kind of life on God's behalf, I'm not gonna be able to be perfect in every way, there's no way. Now, somewhere in there, there's, there's a sin that happens and, and I stumble and I fall, I am absolutely in need of Jesus. And repentance is the beginning of, of man, of, of finding that fruit, To John, it was, hey, hey, you need to produce uh, the fruit that comes from repentance. Repentance, one of the keys of of repentance is not just about being sorry for what I've done. Oh, what a mess that I made of my life. Please forgive me and then go ahead and continue living life. Repentance is then making the changes or, or being changed from that life that used to be lived according to the flesh, according to the world. Now I'm going to live my life according to what Jesus has said, what he has called us to. Now is the time to repent and live fruitful lives. You don't want to take God's, or you don't want to face God's judgment thinking that you're safe when you're not. I I heard a great preacher here, uh, one I enjoy listening to and and he said in the midst of this when he was talking about hey the way the road to destruction is wide and and the, the way to to uh, to life is narrow and difficult and and as he he was talking he says he said man i there's going to be a day i'm going to be dependent upon jesus and and i'm going to stand before god did i produce fruit and he, he was questioning about himself, and I thought, oh my goodness, if he is, we, we need to understand, man, what Jesus has given us is absolutely perfect. It is according to his grace that we're going to stand before God, and because of his representation, uh, we're going to be welcomed in. But it's, 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 he's only going to represent us if we've been following after him. He's only going to represent us if, if we have lived Jesus, not just know Jesus. Does that make sense? Living Jesus, there's going to be fruit that's produced. So be careful where you place your confidence. That's first of all. Be careful. Where, our confidence is in Jesus. And not just knowing Jesus, living for Jesus. Know that. God expects to see fruit. And that fruitless, and, and those who are fruitless, man, when you have time, there's limited time to change. And now is that time. We need to repent and live fruitful lives. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Father, for his instruction, for the, um, the words that he shares with us, that, that we don't have to be ignorant for what your word is calling us to do. Lord, you've always desired, even in the Old Testament, to have a people who are holy to yourself, your people. And Father, we definitely know that that today it is through Jesus that you are finding people who are holy and righteous, not perfect and everything, but Lord, people who are growing and thriving and, and moving towards living for Jesus in every day. Knowing, looking for how that works, being challenged by his spirit for repentance and, and continuing to turn in that direction of, of, of just loving you, serving you, and, and bearing the fruit on your behalf. God, we want to be a people, who uh, a, a congregation of, of people who have, are bearing that fruit, are encouraged to bear that fruit, are, are being uh, uh, supplied all they need. Uh, in doing that. So, Lord, help us today, wherever we are. Lord, help us to take that, that uh, uh, kind of an assessment of our own lives. Where are we? Are we just prepared because we know Jesus, or are we prepared today because we're living Jesus? That, that we're, we're not just acknowledging Him as Lord, but we're living our lives uh, with Jesus as our Lord. We praise you, Father, for this message that we have in Christ. We pray, Father, that we're not dormant in spreading that message into our community. Help us, Lord, to be a light to the world around us through Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.